podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. TGIF and boom, the boys are back. We are wrapping up the first full week of July, going five for five, dropping episodes this week. I hope you were able to listen to everything we put out this week. It actually was a very exciting and fun week of shows. Um, you know, I, I, I think maybe one of my all-time favorite live shows uh, was live on Wednesday. It was published on Thursday. So be sure to go back and check that out and check out anything you might have missed this week and dive in. Because we aren't stopping here at Bosco's Boys. And we are brought to you by Color Cast, as you just heard me say. Every Wednesday, 7 p.m., we are party rocking over on ColorCast. This week, that Wednesday show, I believe we will be talking about everything we heard at Big 12 Media Days. So that's going to be fun. Again, I'm anticipating some pretty big news also dropping uh, Sunday for folks who are on Twitter. I would say Sunday is going to be a big day for K-State fans. I think it's going to be a fun day. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about it on Monday. For those of you who are not on Twitter, I will have that announcement for you guys as well. Today we are going to talk about the Big 12 Media Day poll, where K-State landed in the media poll. And who are on those all-league preseason teams. Now, I'll fully acknowledge that, you know, this always gets people up in an uproar. Both the preseason all-conference teams and the preseason polls. And it does its job. That's the thing. Uh, Everyone tries to always... Whether it's the preseason top 25, like the the preseason top 25 polls, whether it's these conference polls, all this type of stuff. They do their job, though, because it is all about getting people to start talking about the upcoming season. It's to give the, you know, media jabronis out there something to write about. And us, you know, puds who have podcasts that are addicted to talking into a microphone, something to talk about. So I acknowledge 100% uh, anything that anyone out there would say is, oh, you know, uh, who cares what the media says? And, uh, oh, Oklahoma and Texas, they're always overranked. Who cares what the media says? Well, I agree with you, but it does give us something to talk about here in July. Uh, And it it is always kind of funny. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy how the idea of, 
oh, the, the, the media loves Texas every single year, every single year. And it's because how the media votes in these polls. And then they continue to talk about whether Texas is back or not. And it is just a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's hilarious. And we'll get into that, I promise. Because I think there's a lot of stuff to dissect uh, about how at least the folks going to Big 12 Media Days, the folks who vote in those polls, just under 50 of them. Which again, not a big sample size. Not a big sample size uh, of folks who who voted in those. Um, But before we do that, we will talk about the preseason all-conference team. Now, before we talk about the individual players, I want to talk about things at the macro level. First off, before we get to K-State, the funny thing is, you know, there were a handful of teams that did not get anyone on the team at all. The team was zero on the list as Texas Tech. And I know a lot of folks are trying to buy into this new look, new fun Texas Tech uh program and oh they're sitting in the top five and recruiting for 2023 i think a lot of folks are trying to uh, project out their feelings about that higher on them uh than what what i think is truly realistic the other thing that really strikes me is oklahoma only had one guy on the preseason list same as ku now, we'll get to it a little bit with how the media then turn around and rank the teams, but you can't help if you're one of these other schools in the Big 12, especially you know the upper half of the Big 12, and you're eyeing that first Sunday, or excuse me, first Saturday in December down in Arlington, you can't help but think, man, this Oklahoma team is not what it used to be when they used to pile up five, six, seven guys on these preseason lists. The next thing I want to point out is Iowa State. Now, again, that's kind of leading me to what I will be talking about them later. But when you look at Iowa State's schedule, when you look at what Vegas thinks, when when you talk to folks like our buddy Shahan, the idea is Iowa State is going to be around 500 this year. They have four guys on the list, which is good for third in the conference. I think a lot of the shine needs to start coming off of Matt Campbell if he has four dudes on the preseason all-conference list if they then turn around and go five and seven, six and six. I think eventually, I, I do think this is the year that folks are going to look back and say, what were we thinking with Matt Campbell? Or maybe not, what are we thinking? But this is going to be the beginning of the end of the Matt Campbell love affair. When you see big programs have job openings this offseason, and again, I don't actually know what any of the big programs might be. You know, I, I, I think maybe this might be the year that James Franklin maybe sneaks off somewhere else and maybe Penn State opens. Because James Franklin kind of has that kind of Mike Gundy vibe to him because it's always like, oh, a big job pops up and you start hearing James Franklin possibly. Uh, Granted, Gundy never took any of those jobs. Maybe Franklin never will either, but he just kind of strikes me as a guy who maybe uh, might get out of Penn State here and maybe that will be the job that Matt Campbell uh, in previous years would be connected to. I think we've seen the end of Matt Campbell being this coaching search darling 
because I, I do think they are going to back up that seven and six season with a five and seven, six and six, another six and seven type season. Uh, they, they will not get back to eight wins. I think I think that shine is going to start falling off. But what I do want to talk about now is a, a little bit more in depth the guys that K State had chosen. And spoiler alert, if you're living under a rock and you haven't heard it by now, six guys on the preseason all-conference team. And that's the most in the conference. Not tied for most, the most. I'm going to start with Malik Knowles. And they have kick return and punt return combined. Malik ended up getting some All-American love for his kick returning abilities last season. He's the hashtag crib god. But I actually think, and, and I wouldn't be surprised, if the number two guy on this list was also Phillip Brooks. Because Phillip Brooks is also a guy who I think actually had those honors for punt return at the All-American level the year before. So since they combined those two, I think just the history, the legacy, and just the ability K-State continues to have with these elite returners just continues. Malik Knowles is always a threat to take a kickoff back to the house. And Phillip Brooks, if you let him take a couple steps, he too has the ability to house it for a kick or punt return. I'm not going to call Phillip Brooks not getting it over Malik Knowles a snub, but again, I think that if you break it out, and I can't remember if the postseason awards break it out separately from punt return or kick return. I can't remember. But there is a very real chance you could see both Phillip Brooks and Malik Knowles both be returning uh, returners on All-American list. Both of them have done it before. I would not be surprised to do it again. Malik Knowles, again, even even beyond just kick returning, uh, we, we saw in the bowl game versus LSU, I think with this a little bit more tempo, a little bit more emphasis on finding creative ways to get him the ball, I think we are going to see Malik Knowles Best season ever, and I am very happy to see him on the list. We're going to stay on the offensive side of it, and we're going to go to Cooper Beebe. My only issue with Cooper Beebe is him not being a unanimous guy. There's only two unanimous guys on either side of the ball uh, in the preseason uh, all-conference team, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But Cooper Beebe is starting to find himself in NFL mock drafts at the end of the first round, early second round. And he is, like like a couple guys I'm going to highlight on here, we need to enjoy this year of Cooper Beebe and him being one of the greatest offensive linemen uh, that K-State's seen. And, that, and that's saying a lot because we have had All-Americans. We've had NFL draft picks. What Cooper Beebe does, and, and, and honestly, it's not just what he does, but his ability to do it all over. We saw him sliding inside last year. He's really like Dalton Reisner in that sense that when he was at K-State, you know, he is uh, playing guard. And hell, honestly, if you look at all of our high-profile offensive linemen, almost all of them are interior offensive line guys. Uh you know, Cody Whitehair. Honestly, Cody Whitehair is one of the highest paid guards in the NFL. Cody Whitehair in one season played a game at center, guard, and tackle. You know, we haven't seen Cooper play center. But Cooper is able to do it left, right, inside, and outside. It is so much fun to watch him play. And I'm going to challenge K-State fans, especially those of you 
who get into the games. And, and let's say that Tulane game and that game versus South Dakota Coyotes, because hopefully those are blowouts. Just take a handful of plays and just truly key in on him. Watch his fo- footwork and see how dominant Cooper Beebe is right there in the trenches. The next guy, Deuce Vaughn, he is one of those two unanimous all Big 12 preseason picks. The other one, Bijan Robinson. Bijan also got the nod as preseason offensive player of the year. Now, I think I think that says something because that that basically says that there wasn't a single ballot on that preseason all conference team that was turned in that didn't have Bijan Robinson and Deuce Vaughn in there. Cuz there's two running back spots both of them unanimous. And honestly, I think that's correct. Bijan is the real deal. Deuce Vaughn is a highlight every time he touches the ball with home run ability. I think Deuce has a claim to be the offensive player of the year because not only is he showing the ability to be a thousand yard rusher, but he can tack on another 500, 600 yards receiving. He's getting those touchdown numbers. And then if you adjust all the stats from last year for usage, he was higher than anyone in the Big 12. You know, there's a reason why he was a consensus All-American last year. And I think Bijan was too, to his credit. So the Big 12 is going to have a fun little race on their hands comparing those two running backs all season long. And I think anyone would be stupid to bet against Deuce Vaughn. Again, Bijan Robinson's a great guy. But the ability Deuce gives you all across the offensive game is second to none. And Chauncey was screeching in there agreeing with me. Let's hop over to the defensive side, and I think this is the most exciting thing about having three guys on the defense. You have someone on each level of the ball. Felix and Yudike Uzama, hashtag King Felix. Daniel Green finally getting his roses. And then Julius Brents, Juice Brents out there. Let's start with Julius. Um, the, the thing about Brents, and we highlighted it, especially early on in the show last year. This guy has amazing coverage skills. He's long, long strides. His speed isn't anything to spit at. But he kind of found himself on the wrong side of a couple highlight catches, which I think kind of left K-State fans, media, and some coaches kind of thinking, okay, what's going on with this? But if you go back and look at some of those, he's always in the right position The only thing you can knock him on is getting his head around. Now, Julius can start getting his head around, making plays on the ball with pass breakups, interceptions. He's going to have his chance to make some absolute highlight plays. Because we all know Echo Boydo, Echo Island, people aren't going after him. I think Echo got snubbed. uh, But again, I I, I think that uh, Julius is the one who has the most media attention because he does get the ball thrown his way a little bit. He is able to get some of those pass breakups. And I I think he is a little bit more that prototype NFL type cornerback with his length and his size. But I do love that he is getting that credit. And I think he's going to have a very big year. Now sliding down to Daniel Green, he's been here forever. And it actually feels like he's been here longer than he actually was because he was part of a recruiting class. He couldn't make it to campus. 
I And honestly, I can't even remember what the issue was. He then shows up to campus a year later than we anticipated. He redshirted, and now he's been playing. I think technically, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. This is shame on me for not looking it up before talking. He actually might be able to use his COVID season and come back. I think last year was technically his junior year. This is his senior year, and he could come back for a super senior season still. That could be wrong, though. Uh, But coming from Oregon, he is a guy who last year he was just all over the field and he played with violence. We all know he got banged for a couple targeting penalties. And I think actually he had two or three more later in the season that got reviewed and overturned because Big 12 referees all of a sudden started seeing him fly out there laying the lumber and throwing the flag for targeting because he had that history because he got banged for it a couple times early in the season but he is a violent old school linebacker who has the speed and coverage ability to play in this modern game now i think linebacker is one of these question marks that are all across the conference i think that that is maybe the one spot on either side of the ball that there are question marks at almost every single school so i think he's getting some of the benefit of being around but the kid can play and again for someone who has been around for someone who is taking up that leadership role, I love seeing Deuce Green getting that preseason uh, love from the media. And now let's go to King Felix, the sack master, FAU, future first-round draft pick. Again, another guy. Same with Cooper Beebe. Same with Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn won't be a first-round draft pick, but these three guys, these guys who are uh, underclassmen, Enjoy watching them play this year because all three of them, I think, are going to go to the NFL. I think Cooper and Felix are both going to be back end of day one, first round type type guys. Felix not only was named to the all-conference team, preseason all-conference team, but he is your defensive preseason player of the year. And it is deserved. He should have been the postseason player of the year. This guy led the nation in force fumbles, led the league in sacks. And he was robbed by the NCAA and some crooked-ass stat keepers from the single-game single record. He had six sacks versus TCU. I don't care what anyone says. The fun part about Felix is he is also going to get the benefit of playing with Khalid Duke coming back, with Nate Matlack taking another step forward. And they can't afford to double-team him every single time i actually think especially towards the end of the season he is going to get less double teams than he got the previous year because khalid duke because nate matlack those two dudes are going to be able to cause some absolute havoc absolute havoc i love having those six guys on there um, I already talked about how, you know, there was a chance. I, I think uh, Philip Brooks probably was number two behind Malik Knowles. I, I just talked about how Echo, he is a corner who isn't challenged because he is that good at covering. Two snubs that I think that they're out there. I think Jackson continues to get slept on. I know some folks are sitting here and saying, oh, at fullback, he's not even the number uh, number one fullback on the team, that's Ben Sennett. Well, here's the thing. 
Ben Sennett is playing H-back. He's playing tight end more than he's playing fullback. Uh, so I get it. And, and I'm and I'm I'm a big Jacks guy. You know, I I, I get it. Uh, but I, I think he has a claim to it. And I think Eli Huggins, defensive tackle, also getting slept on a little bit. There are some pretty good interior defensive linemen, especially at Oklahoma State and Baylor. So I understand why that is the case. But I do think Eli Huggins probably has the biggest case to say, oh, I got snubbed a little bit. Outside of that, though, I I think the K-State players were well represented. Now let's talk about what happened when you look at the preseason poll. Let's take a look. So the first thing that jumped out at me, KU actually was not the unanimous pick for last. There are people out here actually picking KU to go ninth, maybe even eighth, I don't know. But they were not the unanimous pick. It looks like there was two or three people who did not pick them to finish last. The list goes Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, K-State coming in at fifth, Iowa State at sixth, TCU, West Virginia, Texas Tech, KU. Now, if I had a ballot, I would have gone Baylor, Oklahoma State, K-State, Oklahoma, Texas, TCU, West Virginia, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Kansas. That's how I would have gone. There is someone out here who gave Iowa State a first place vote. There were two people out here who gave Texas first place votes. What an absolute joke. Now, I think you could have an argument which one of those two things are a bigger joke. Most likely, the two people who went with Texas are going to be two of those uh, media members from fan sites down there who get credentialed. And I'm not going to throw too much shade because I'm a fan podcast. I'm a fan doing a podcast. I'm not a media member. But they've credentialed me before, so whatever. My guess is it's two there. Whoever voted Iowa State number one should have to lose their credentials for an entire year. That is negligent. That is not taking things seriously. And if it's a joke, if it's a prank, good job. Great prank. But that's trash. Absolute trash. Ultimately, K-State coming in fifth is about what I expected. But I do have some questions for some of the folks who filled out these ballots. If you truly are looking at it and saying K-State has six top-tier players... How are they that low? And then you're saying Oklahoma has one and they're ending up second? Oklahoma ending up with 12 first place votes. And yes, they got the conference newcomer of the year. People think that, you know, Mr. UCF quarterback is going to have his bounce back, Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, But I just kind of am surprised that K-State ends up five there. And a lot of folks, myself included, I, I, I went right back to Twitter and said, oh yeah, you know, chip on the shoulder, dark horse, all this type of stuff. But it is interesting because there was a segment of folks in the Big 12 and college football media who have started coming around and saying, oh, you can't even call K-State a dark horse anymore. They're a full-on contender. 
Now, people in the national media might be saying that, and some folks in the fan circles might be saying that, but you can't look at the, I'm not going to say disrespect, but you can't look at where the regional media who are attending this event and taking the time to fill out a ballot, you can't say that, oh, they're in that contender status when you don't get a first place vote when five schools did and you finish fifth. You can't say that. Now, we are we were closer to Texas at four than we were to Iowa State at six. There is like a pretty drastic break off. There are three at the top, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, all within 23 points of each other. Texas has 289 points. K-State has 261 points. Then there's a drop off to Iowa State at 180, TCU 149, West Virginia 147. And then Texas Tech and KU, 119 and 48. So again, KU not unanimous, but near unanimous, getting last place votes. Ultimately, it looks right, but again, I'm a little surprised at where things ended up when you see six Wildcats on the first team and you start kind of getting some of this national love. The Vegas number was starting to move. I actually think by the time the season kicks off, the Vegas number is going to be closer to eight. It's already up to seven when it opened up at five. I think K-State's win total in the betting markets is going to move more than any other team in all of college football. Without, like, injuries. There might be someone who slides back big time if a quarterback gets hurt in the fall fall camp. But this is what is fun about college football. This is fun about the buildup of college football. This is something that college football has always done right. You get those media days. You get those preseason polls rolling out there in July. It gets fans satiated. They're getting excited to talk about it. And again, it gives us a great Friday episode. Shoot me a ta- or tweet. Tweet me at Scott Wildcat, at Bosco's Boys. Let me know. Who on K-State's roster, if anyone, got snubbed from being a preseason All-Big 12 player? Where would you have put K-State on your preseason poll? Are we being disrespected? Do you have a chip back on your shoulder? Are we a dark horse or are we still a contender? Give me your best guess. Hashtag, uh, who voted Iowa State? Points to anyone who can actually find that media member. If a bonehead can track down who that media member is, I'll give you a prize. Let's see if we can, you know, sniff this one out. But all in all, I'm excited. It's been a fun week. Had a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about next week. There will be conference realignment. I'm sure there will be recruiting. We're going to have plenty of media day stuff to talk about. Even though we are not going to be down there, we will be watching it here at Bosco's Boys HQ. We're going to try to get some of the folks who are going to be down in the trenches in Arlington on the show to talk to them about what is going on down there. We might get some realignment news. I'm guessing not. We will hear Brett Yormack speak for the first time ever, opening up media days at 8.30 on day one. So it's going to be an exciting week. We're going to be rocking through with another five shows next week. Working on maybe getting an interview. That might come a little bit later in July. But we're going to keep going. Again, I think K-State Twitter is going to be very happy Sunday the 10th. And hell, there's going to be another football commitment. Jackson Fulmer 
out of Idaho. The number three player up in Idaho. K-State's going up against Boise State, Colorado, Washington State, Oregon State, Arizona State. So who knows? Maybe a couple future Big 12 members going head-to-head for a recruit. That's getting announced Sunday as well. That's not why I think K-State Twitter is going to be happy. But we'll also talk about that on Monday as well. We love you guys. Enjoy rest of your Friday. And hey, I'm going to I'm going to try to start ending shows like this. If you're getting frustrated with some of the national media, if you're getting upset with some of the regional media, not talking enough K-State, make sure you're downloading and listening not just to Bosco's boys, to my boys over at Aggieville Alley Cats, 3 Ma over with the KC Sports Network, Powercat Podcast over with 247. The short side option dropped an episode this week. Make sure you listen to that. Also, I'm sure College and Kimball will be coming back around. Another good one, The Locker Room. Wildcat 919 has a couple, some student radio stuff. Just be supporting your local podcast. Give them a listen. If I didn't, if I didn't mention one, make sure, slide in my DMs. Send me a text. Tweet me. I want to make sure I'm shouting out all the K-State podcasts. So you guys are able to listen to K-State content all summer, all fall, all winter long. We love you guys. Some big stuff is on the way. It's metaphorical. I don't want people getting mad at me. But search your heart. Search your soul. Grant's always going to be at the cat head. You just got to go find him. Have a great weekend. We'll be talking to you on Monday. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater, from sea to sea, onward UK State Wildcats form alma mater fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Fight, fight, fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be. Fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go State!
Social Podcast Network.